All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth words said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. A Brian Chesco. Scott Wiebe, unfortunately, is not going to be able to join us tonight, Brian, as you already know this, but I'm telling this to everyone else, acting like you just found this out. We had a conflict of time slot interest this week, unfortunately, and we just couldn't make it happen. I can't do tomorrow night. Brian couldn't do the next night. And unfortunately, Scott's like, we'll just do it tonight and get it done with. So yeah. that's what we're doing. We're going to try to blast through this. I just got off the phone call with him as I was trying to load up on multiple things that Scott wanted to cover. So we are going to try to give you that. Even though you won't hear his voice, we want you to at least hear his opinion on a few things, and I think it obviously is very valid. Brian, we've got a few other things to talk about, don't we? Yeah, it's crazy how life works, huh? Isn't it? Um, yeah, we do. It's just that we're still in the middle of game week 29. There's still all the rescheduled matches yet to play. Uh, there's uh, happy uh, Tom Brady on retirement week, uh, Dave. Uh, so, no pro, funny thing pro, about that, let's, let's mention that quickly, and then I want to I briefly talk about... I don't, he never officially retired himself. People retired for him. I don't ever remember him mentioning, thanks for all the memories, I'm gone, see you later. Did that happen? Did yeah. I miss that? I think if you, I mean, he left that, like, what was it, like an 11-page, like, thank you letter to everybody in Tampa. He, so that did happen. Yeah, that happened a few weeks ago. So did this have, because this is obviously worth mentioning because of what we're doing here as the FPL America podcast, Tom Brady was in Manchester. He sure Tom was. Tom Brady was at the Manchester United Tottenham game this weekend. Tom Brady saw Ronaldo at 37 score a hat trick and absolutely lead United to victory. Tom Brady was then on the pitch with Ronaldo. I thought a really cool picture talking after the game, after everyone left, they're down on old Trafford's field and they're having a chat. Yeah. And I heard they shared an ice bath afterwards. I, they might have the two of the greatest of all time. Yeah. And so I just wonder if Tom didn't watch Ronaldo do that and go, you know what? I can still do this. I can still do this. Yeah. I Come wonder. on, that had to have happened, right? Is it a coincidence that, like, right after the game, he's tweeting in the middle of March Madness? He's over in England. He's probably forgetting that March Madness is even going on. He shoots a tweet out that, hey, I'm coming back right after he just saw Ronaldo do what he did and after chatting with him? Come on, man, that's not coincidence. Yeah, I'm sure Ronaldo just said, what are you doing? <laughs> 
Why All right, quit? real quick. Oh, listen, let's just jump in. Well, who cares about what I did this past weekend? I was at a St. Patrick's Day uh, event down in Raleigh, actually support helping support uh, League uh, Aaron Ooh, yeah. and uh, business endeavor. Anyway, so it was very cool. Had a great time. I was going to dive deeper into that, but then we talked about Tom Brady. What and bourbon I feel like did he give you? So he didn't get me a bourbon, but I took a bourbon down to let him get rid of for me. Mm-hmm. I okay. I don't even know if oh, I yeah. told you this. This might be new. No, I, I, knew, a, I know. I know exactly. I came across is. a bottle of Elmer, Elmer T. Lee. Lee. Yes, I know. Like, this. Yep. crazy story. There was one bottle left. They were holding it. This guy never showed up. I happened to show up at the right time. They sold it to me. Elmer T. Lee for any bourbonites out there is one of the top. I don't know four bourbons of all time, and extremely hard to find. Yeah. Not expensive retail. It's uh thirty seven ninety nine with tax here in Virginia, forty dollars. Yeah. Second Extremely hands cheap. Second hands for probably two fifty to three hundred. Yeah. So it's crazy. Um it's one of the top it's a top ten bourbon. Yeah. Period. It's like the NFT of bourbons. Is that true? I don't think so. Okay. I think you use that inappropriately. No. Brian, we got a lot to get to. Let's jump. Let's dive into this. So we're in the middle of match week twenty nine. We're not going to discuss it much because at this point, it doesn't well, matter. There are a few things I feel like that are relevant as far as big issues as okay. we as we round out this week and kind of we're not there's not if you have double like double match week players, you know you're still you're still looking at your. You know, you still got your Arsenal players yet to go. Spurs, obviously. Yeah, I got like six or seven players Everybody, left to right. still Everybody's play. Everybody's Liverpool folks. Everton, Newcastle. I'm not sure how many Brighton players are on your squad, but if you've got them, they're still playing. And you shouldn't have any, but what else? But either way, you know, there's the the issue is many of these teams, they're the only ones who are active in game week 30. But For I sure. feel like there are a few, just a few pressing things. If you want me to run through that, you want I, me to do that? No, right? I think I think we should do that whenever we decide to get onto it. I want to discuss free hits in okay. thirty, right? Because for me, I had like four players going to be available for yeah. me in week th- match then week let's thirty. Let's start with that. Let's get this thing rolling. What in the world is going to happen to either of us or anyone else in game week thirty? All right, let's get started now, Brian. I've already activated my free hit. Okay. In doing so, I feel like anyone who activates a free hit at this point, it's going to be fairly cookie cutter. There's only four matches. Okay. So with there being literally only four matches, there are a very few options that are available this week. It's Leeds at Wolves. It's Arsenal at Villa. It's Brentford at Leicester. It's West Ham at Spurs. Those are the four matches. So I just feel like we have limited guys to choose from through this and i think that when people start activating free hits it's gonna be kind of self-explanatory with who to go to i feel like it's gonna be very cookie cutter and i think that the scores are gonna reflect number one the scores are gonna reflect who you captained okay that almost always has an effect on the overall scores but then i think it's also gonna come down to who has free hits left and who doesn't and who used them and who didn't and yeah, because sure. I think whoever uses them, all those scores are going to be really similar. Yeah, and I think I've seen this out there in the FPL community chatter here and there. I think the feeling is because, one, uh, the teams that are available, there are quality teams here. This, this oh, yeah. is not a limited game week in terms of Agree. like it's only the crap teams that are playing and all of the good teams are not. The fact that you have... You know, the fact that you already were trying to get 
some Arsenal players. You're probably already like trying to get some Spurs. People, right. Spurs have been really hot. Uh, I think Villa, because of their, you know, their double a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. The way that Coutinho, Matty Cash, everybody yep. from even Ollie Watkins a little bit, like players, and, and you know, and then your Luca Deans and your Jacob Ramsey's, like there's players who are available from Villa. Like I, I feel like this is not, it's not a bad game week in terms of the quality of the those few teams. I think the issue seems to be if you're not free hitting, there, I don't know beyond Spurs and Arsenal, I, I guess I'm not really sure how many of the players from the other teams that you already you have. You really want to load up on. And I, I think we, we mentioned. You're talking about taking hits? Yeah. And so, I'm, I mean, I'm in, that, I'm in that boat where I am not going to free hit. As of right this moment, like if you're going to free hit, Dave, obviously you'll have a full, uh, you'll have a full starting 11. As, a, as we sit here, I've got, I've got six players available. And so, that's including Dean, who's got an orange triangle on him, who the latest injury report on him. Uh, yet again, social media providing us uh, uh, providing us with a clue as to how oh, serious it is. Uh, just that it was posted to uh, link. Uh, he was they tagged Luca Dean in a social media post. Aston Villa did and said uh, the 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 phrase that was used was "You'll be back stronger." I think there's a feeling that Luca Dean is not going to be available for a bit. Um, so it sounds a bit ominous. It does. Uh, so. For me, uh, he automatically becomes a player that I think even schedule-wise, um, the way he was playing anyway, I have no issues with anybody trying to get rid of him, moving him on at, indefinitely. Uh, Aston Villa, this is a perfect example. Despite the form, um, you see this week they lose to West Ham. Upcoming, they're yes, they're playing at home, but they're playing against red-hot Arsenal at home, who are stingy defensively. Yeah, that's true. They go to Wolves. Next, right game after week thirty-one. That, yeah. So, are, have it's, they are they resurgent? I mean, it's it's Watford and Everton. Well, so they're not they're, take, they're not going anywhere. Take it for with a grain of salt. I think their last two results, but still, it's Wolves. It's not an easy fixture. Then they're home to Spurs. Then they're home to Liverpool. So the next four matches, at least, you just say not ideal uh, for Aston Villa. Yeah. And I'd say uh, yes, great that Matty Cash got such a great return. Uh, two weeks ago, two game weeks ago. But I just don't know that you want to be loading up on these guys in terms of permanent transfers is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think the same pretty well goes for, like, Wolves. I mean, I have Raul Jimenez. I'm okay with having Raul Jimenez because, like, even this week, that's great. I, the matchups are were good for him in the double match week. I'm just not sure how much further out you want to have Wolves attackers and defenders on yeah. a permanent for a permanent basis. Spurs, Arsenal, yes. Give me six of them. Right. Like for sure. I will happily have three of each. All right. Let's quickly discuss this and then we can get to multiple other things we yep. want to discuss. But we'll get this out of the way. So I'm on the free hit. Okay. And, and this is part of what I'm sure everyone's gonna have probably nine of these players. Okay, it's just gonna who you decide to pick and choose. Yeah. Right now I have three wolves. Okay. I got Sa in goal. Yep. Cody Saiz. Okay. I have three Spurs. Yep. Doherty. And I could go to Regulon, but I think Doherty is possibly the better play. Son and Kane. 
Okay. I have three gunners. Mm -hmm. Lacazette, Saka, Gabriel. Defensive Gabriel, not Martinelli. Okay. My two odd, not Wolf, not Spur, not Gunner. Mm -hmm. My two other guys are Ivan Tony and James Madison. Now, that's in my starting lineup. On my bench is Schmeichel. And then in this order, Erickson, Coutinho, Matty Cash. Okay. Now, the first thing that you need to explain to the world is why not Kulishevsky? Why not? The only thing is this. Kulishevsky, I feel like, kind of came in. He has been doing fine. But if it's coming down to a player that I can rely on in a match week against uh, a West Ham team who, man, West Ham has beaten anyone this season. Anyone, mm -hmm. West Ham can beat anyone. Bowen, one of their best players in the season, is not on the pitch. Antonio seems to have lost some form. Maybe he's just had too many games. They still have players, but sometimes in a few of these, these bigger matchups, they haven't been, been able to – they've either won or they've gotten killed. There's like nothing in between. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're going to get killed. But if we're looking at if if we're relying on sort on the pseudo Spurs yo-yo, if if Spurs load up on Brighton and destroy them, I'm gonna be really shaky on like, oh crap, is the Spurs yo-yo gonna continue here? I just feel have a feeling like it's gonna stop. Yes, I could have Kulishevsky in there, but then it's I, then I pulled Doherty, and and maybe I can like I could I could do that and figure out another defensive player, but. You know, I got James Madison home to to Brentford. Yeah, and then I, I mean, we're talking about midfielders, and then I got Saka at Villa. My other two midfielders are Erickson on the bench and Coutinho on the bench. So, yeah. if I bring in Kulishevsky, then I I'd have to bring in a different defender, which is which is possible. I could bring in, you know, I don't know someone else. I do, I don't feel. I mean, look, there's four games. What three teams are you looking at that could possibly give you a clean sheet? Wolves. Arsenal yeah. and Spurs. I don't think any clean sheets. I don't think West Ham's given me a clean sheet. You don't like Leicester? You don't think Leicester can figure it well, out? Well, I have I have Schmeichel. Game. Okay. But Brian, is there anything about Leicester's defense that you trust? Is there anything? No, not really. I mean, I, I come just... on, Rafinha, it just feels like Brentford seems to have a little bit of good mojo going. Mm -hmm. Could Leicester shut them out? Yes, they could, but Soyunchu. I, all I know is Ivan Tony's been on a penalty tear. Yeah, and so uh, is Soyuncu going to give Brentford a penalty? Yeah, probably. I don't know who he's probably going to foul yeah. Buemo, and then Ivan Tony's going to bang in another another penalty. I I just feel like that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I Schmeichel's my backup keeper here, and yes, I would feel semi good starting him. Yeah, I, but Schmeichel is my uh, and one of the many hits that I'm considering taking just because I have. I, I'm holding currently uh, Nick Pope and looking ahead to, you know, Burnley has... Uh, they still have a handful of schedule reschedules to make. Uh, the Ben Mee injury, I think, is uh, pretty brutal. Isn't great. Is a brutal loss for them. But they still do have three matches to be rescheduled. So Leicester and Burnley... Um, Leicester and Burnley have the second most. Everton have the most to be rescheduled. Uh, point is, though, I don't have a functional goalkeeper this week and Nick Pope is an easy one to get rid of considering anyone he's 5.4 so 
that's a lot of money tied up in a goalkeeper. Why would you go to, directly to Saw? Well, going to well, so because their upcoming schedule, I like the home the home leads, then home Villa at Newcastle. That's pretty yeah, the, decent. Yeah, it's not three, great, but it's yeah, it's decent. No, for sure. My my thought was especially for this week to get you know, to t- try to take advantage of the possibility that the Leicester defense. Leicester did a good job against your guys for a lot of the game. They yeah. they gave up a cheapie. And I think that, you know, that nobody likes to give up a penalty at any point. How did Partey score his goal? It was a corner. Set piece. Yeah, Martinelli. That's how Martinelli gets his assist. Yeah, it, yeah, no, yeah, it was a, it was a set piece. And let it be noted, Leicester is like one of the worst teams on set pieces all all year. You don't think Erickson's going to put one on Tony's head to I I on a set piece like I just it, Yeah, it could be. I, I, I just wonder like Erickson now has had two games. He looked better in this game than he did the game prior. No, I definitely I, as far as Tony's concerned, as far as as Brentford, I mean, they what Erickson is adding to them is huge. It's, it's huge. Massive. So, I'm just looking at as far as matches to be played, Leicester have an extremely friendly schedule the rest of the way. So, Brentford this week, yes, they play at Manchester United in 31, but then Palace and Newcastle uh, and then Aston Villa. They're rescheduled matches. They still have an away match with Everton, a home match against Norwich to be rescheduled. They just have a lot of useful matches, and they feel a bit bullyish. All right. So where right are you now. going? So where are you what going? I'm saying goalie? is so yeah. So your question about like Keeper. why not Saw right away? Yeah, I mean I feel like Saw is a pretty obvious one. Okay. Um, and it's not like there's not I'm not in any way like set on it. Part of it also is I just don't know if I'm just not sure if many people are going to go to Schmeichel. I feel like it's an obvious choice this week. If you're free hitting, there might be some people who are going to like you're doing buy him and put him on your bench or whatever. Cause it's better than like, you're not buying Fabianski. I don't think, you know, to put on your bench. I mean, I hear you know what I mean. I, no, no. Yeah. You're right. I hear you. I just look at the rest. Like, so you Chalar, you, you're going to put any stake on him? No. I mean, Johnny Evans is not walking on that pitch. And so, no, but it's still even, I mean, the last two, the last two clean sheets for Lester, I, you know, I, like we've talked about it, Daniel Amarty as a, one of the great enablers of the game, as we see. Amarty has been playing well. Right. Amarty is, Amarty has, done, has done well, has gotten probably way more points than he ever, than you would have ever imagined uh, over the last few matches. But what I'm saying is like, I, to me, I'm just I'm just looking at it as well. They shut out Burnley, yeah, and they shut out Leeds, yeah. So you're right; that can happen. And that was the Leeds match. We talked about that. That's the Leeds match where Rafinha has a kind of a sitter, bangs off the bar, and put it right yeah. into Schmeichel's feet for sure. He kicked it right into Schmeichel. So I the, like I'm just thinking like just thinking in terms of this week. Um, if I'm buying a player, it's to bring him in, presumably for a lot of the rest of the season. And given the number of reschedules, first of all, I don't know how terrible it is. I, I was looking ahead too, you know, just because I was, you know, a lot of people brought in Veghorst the last few weeks right. you know, to have him in. I honestly, the the Burnley schedule after they play Manchester City 
in game week 31, they have kind of a friendly schedule too. And talk about a team who's got something to play for. I mean, there is no, there's hardly a team in the league that has something to play for more than Burnley does. Ben Mee's not going to be out forever. Like it's not a season ender for Ben Mee. So this is great. You get a, you know, you're, you get a, you get some time off here. He can get right. You're not expecting anything from them against Manchester City anyway. And they come into third. They come back to to Norwich. At Norwich, at West Ham, home Wolves, at Watford, home Villa, Tottenham, Newcastle, Villa, Everton, Southampton. But those last three are going to get filtered in. Right. And those those matches that are are TBD for them. So you make a case for Schmeichel. I I do see that point. Absolutely see that point. I'm probably going to have him sitting there. In case Saw somehow doesn't play, to come in it's, for my free hand. It would lead me to my next question, which is, James Madison, did you were you considering Harvey Barnes? Are you considering a different? This is a good point. I can be talked off of Madison. Harv looks like the danger guy. He yeah. he put a amazing header on goal. Right, Harvey Barnes probably he was flying through the air like he, he was, was Ronaldo. He was probably thinking, "I'm about to turn and celebrate." Yeah, until. Superman flew through. Wow. So best reaction of the weekend was Brendan Rogers turning around to the his bench and going, Wow. Yeah. And then making like a face like I cannot believe that just happened. So yeah, and that as everyone pointed out, that's the second time Ramsdale has saved gotten Lester. Yeah, has saved. Who was it that had the shot? He had the it tip was Madison. shot. It was Madison's tip shot over the over the goal, right? So there's two things. Uh, if Scott was here, I'd be able to give him full credit for this uh, because he had mentioned pre-pod a couple times ago that um, Dewsbury Hall, yeah, for uh, for Lester is the future. The yeah, one, his his um, look for this guy. We'll we'll be talking about this guy. I think everybody's really optimistic about the the prospects of Dewsbury Hall. The way he's playing. Uh, there's an article. I can't remember where I saw it, but it's uh, basically just. I can't remember if it's on the Athletic or not. But it's Dewsbury Hall, Luke Thomas, and Harvey Barnes that are all academy players for Leicester. And the three of them, most of the attack that's really good for Leicester is happening between the three of them. Mm. And they say it because they've known each other since they were like 10 years old. Wow. So they have such an understanding of each other, and it's showing. Luke Thomas, Dewsbury Hall. They were really – now, granted, they were on – I wonder how that would have looked. And, again, I'm just speaking of – recent memory in the, the Arsenal Leicester game. They were on Cedric's side. Those three guys were on Cedric's side, but they were absolutely targeting that side. I wonder if Tomiyasu's in there if it's a little different. Sure. But Cedric barely kept his head above water. I mean he barely was surviving. If surviving, yeah. honestly he was getting beat. Arsenal was just able to survive Cedric getting beat because yeah. those guys were so good. It's a yeah. good point. And just I'm just thinking in terms of like Lots of people that are still out there, and I'm not sure how active everyone is. I've been waiting and waiting on making a transfer, watching as the tenths tick off of Jared Bowen's price. He's still on 14.2% of sides. And I would think that Jared Bowen, those are a lot of active managers that are doing that. There's still no no end date on his, you know, when he might, this injury might be over. I'm I like again we just we said it I know uh, there was that talk about well he's not going to be fit for the weekend that was David Moyes two weeks ago it's like well what weekend are you talking about which is this weekend for you three weekends from now because that's what that injury looked like 
And I think that's the fear with him is that West Ham have had other injuries where it didn't look like it was going to be a major deal, like Aaron Cresswell. And Cresswell was out for like six weeks or something like that. So this is just a like it's just a, a somebody to move on from. Jared Bowen at six point eight makes it really easy to go to either of the I think either of the Leicester midfielders, okay. Harvey Barnes. So uh, I, har, what? How much is um, Madison six seven? Harvey's a six five. Right. So the, both guys are available and, probably straight up. And I made the Jared move. Bowen. I just made the move. I, I you talked me into it easily once I truly gave it some thought. I'm like you're right. Barnes, I want Barnes. I suppose I like rooting for Barnes a little bit more. Madison is an excellent player. Yeah. Harv's a dynamic player. Now, and the other thing I was going to bring up that it actually is in the athletic, the athletic writer who is the Leicester City, uh, is a Leicester City fan, covers them specifically. Um, his most recent article, do you want me to give the guy's name? Yeah. Rob Tanner at the Athletic has an article right now. Okay. Um, something that he has talked about in terms of usage and the way Brendan Rodgers is picking his team, uh, making the case basically that that Madison played 90 minutes this week. Obviously, he's coming back from an injury, but the way that he's been setting the team up, he's not able to use or isn't putting J- James Madison into the number 10 role where he would be most comfortable. So basically, just to say... it. It's kind of a. It might not be a James Madison problem as much as it is a Brendan Rodgers selection getting results from other formations that aren't able to maximize James Madison okay. in terms of where he would want to play, All right. where he'd be most likely to play. Vardy's injury doesn't help. Well, I was gonna say, I, and Scott wanted me to point this out. Scott, one of Scott's point was Dave is lucky Vardy got hurt again. Yes, I'll take it. Vardy loves to score against Arsenal. When I found out that Vardy wasn't playing, I was. Absolutely thrilled because Vardy's a freaking threat any any time he steps on the pitch. Dominic Wells writing at Fansighted, uh, Fansighted uh, Foxes of Leicester is the the blog there on Fansighted. Talked about how the like what the problem was even in this match with Kalechi Ianacho and James Madison playing at the same time. That basically they were both trying to op- occupy similar spots, mm. and so they were kind of counteract they were kind of counteracting each other until. Brendan Rodgers changed the formation. And well, and, and Daka yeah, Pats and Daka came in and made an adjustment to the formation and then towards the end of the match, I mean, Leicester had some they, they had, had some, some good chances. they had some better some better stuff going on for them yeah. in the second half. Yeah. The other thing he talked about in that which I think is also is, is also fair is that they tend to go the way the match goes emotionally. So, in this match against Arsenal, they if he, the, his suggestion was if they don't concede early, the longer they hold it at nil-nil, the more they can, like, that, that emotionally they are confident. They're just, mm. and that comes with youth. Yeah. It's just young a young team. Vardy being in there maybe changes that a little bit, but yeah. either way, I, I just think going into, this, going into this match week, playing at home against Brentford after an annoying loss. Yeah. At Arsenal, yeah, uh, I just wonder if I get the move to Madison. I totally understand it in terms of his quality. Well, I think you're right. I mean, you talked me but, into it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Barnes yeah. there. If it was me, and honestly, you could play both of those guys. This could be a week easily yeah. where you play both of those guys again. There's only four freaking games, so you are it's slim pickings at the OK Corral. Okay, 
So, good luck. Third question, Arsenal man. Why not Martinelli in your starting lineup? Martinelli is doing the best. Martinelli's like the, the runt piglet at the moment. Okay. Like, if you've ever seen a pig, Brian, I know you're a, you're a farm guy. You have extensive experience on the farm. <laughs> I, I say it all the time. There's nowhere I'd rather be than down on the farm. Yeah, no, for sure. Brian, if you've ever seen a pig, a mama pig, laying on her side, and all the baby pigs are up um, trying to, to feed on the mama pig. That's how mammals do it. Mm-hmm. The runt is always left stuck trying to do his best, keeps diving and dipping and working harder than anyone yeah. to find a teat so he can just get some food. Yep. And he can't find one. And that's Martinelli at the moment. He just keeps trying harder than anyone else and just can't seem to get the breakthrough. And it's going to happen. I'm not willing to bet on it this week. I'm just going to go with a little bit more pedigree. Okay. Saka has been... Uh, on fire, but no, you could go to you could go to Martinelli this week easily. You could go, you could do that. Yeah, I I just Villa coming off a kind of a smashing of Leeds three zero. Yeah, and a smashing of Southampton before that four zero. Yeah, then they lose to West Ham, a West Ham that's not exactly hitting on all cylinders at the moment. Right. but they're good. They've been a good team all year. Yeah. West Ham has. Yeah, so there's but no, they, sh- there's no shame in losing. They but- lose away to West Ham two one. You're right. That's not a bad loss. No, but still, they, I mean, given the form that it felt like they were in, I think every like who didn't. If you're making a free transfer, if you're using a real life transfer, how many people brought in Matty Cash? A lot from his from his ninety point oh, double week performance. For sure. So and I'm sure like we said, disappointment, you know, for a lot of the form players this yeah. week and he's like a number one to come away with a one pointer. Yeah. Uh and I, I can't imagine you're expecting him I mean, you're you're just hoping that there's a an attacking return for him this week. I can't for sure. and nobody is counting on Aston Villa going to you know, getting Arsenal and getting a clean sheet. I guess what I'm saying is this week for me, uh, for this week for me, I am on my free hit currently in game week 29. And so you can't go to your free hit in week 30. You cannot. The one FPL computer that they have running this league that we love, it yeah. can't handle back-to-back free hits. It's the way the it's the way the yeah or the the FPL sorting hat the rule that it announced. You know, for yeah. this, for the second match or second free hit this yeah. season, so you, all, can't, no, you we, can't use them back to back. There's no way we can do that back to back. No, just that in my free hit, no matter how I remade my team, Martinelli kept ending up in it. I was he in? Is he in your? So he's in my team. Your the, current. Uh, he's team. on my current free hit team. Okay. And I was really, which is not a bad choice. No, he was all over the place. Uh, no, he was, and I'm I'm happy that he got an, he got the assist that he did. Uh, how many people had Sokka in their team? I, I mean, thought I did. I thought, of course, and I did too. I thought Martin Odegaard was probably your best player. Oh, he was in he real did. life football. He was the best player for Arsenal. Yeah, everybody's talking about like that's one of the big. Dude, Odegaard. I, I saw that in a few articles. People mentioning Ar- Arsenal got him for thirty. In reference, also a lot to the choice of pick, picking him over James Madison. Yeah. And the number of people who are pointing out, like, thank goodness, Arsenal fans saying, like, thank goodness we got this guy. Yeah. He sees things that no one else sees. Yeah. He and had, he, he, uh, to, for he, him to come it, away with it's, nothing. It's is, Ozil. It's, he has a way of being Ozil-ish. 
except I think he has a better temperament and a and a better leadership and hopefully a Fame. better immune system. And hopefully a better immune system for yeah. sure. But no, Odegaard, um, I picked up on this too. I picked up on this too from someone else. I, forgive me, I can't give you credit on Twitter. Odegaard, during every break and play, is going over to Arteta, and they are chatting about what needs to happen next. Yeah, uh, he is the communicator. He is he is the engine right now that's making Arsenal move. If you had, if you were starting over at the beginning of the season today, like the most for sure thing at this point would be Odegaard. Yeah. In other words, like, what can I count on every week? Right. It'd be Odegaard. And I think next season he's going to be a fantastic play. It'll be interesting where his price point is to start the year. My guess is probably in the six five seven range. But we'll see. And so – but we are not. We don't care about next year. We're talking about right now. Yeah. Bottom line is Martinelli, unfortunately for you, was all banging all over the place. I think going into this next week, sure, if you want to get him, get him. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm just thinking, especially, like I said, depending on whether you're free hitting or whether you're making permanent transfers, to me, you just the, one of the one of the pieces of FPL advice that I that I totally am on board with here is that just because of the nature of what competitions are remaining, what the team is actually like the the I guess the the drive behind the team that there is no beach for Tottenham. No, the rest of the season. No, there's no beach for Arsenal. No, the rest of the season. Yeah, like there are certain teams. Like I think that was one. I know there was a suggestion. You know, as good as Chelsea have been, the suggestion of like, well, they're not winning the league. They're not winning the league, and they're not probably going to lose the top four. Their biggest competition that they're in is still going. Yeah. So why? Of course, they want to be advanced as far as they can in the Champions League. Yeah. Why not want to be the best team in Europe two years in a row? For sure. So by the way. Just to throw this out there. Third place. I am hoping Arsenal can actually get into third place. And if you if they win the games in hand and one of them is against Chelsea, they might have a chance. Yeah. Right? Chelsea City or Liverpool win Champions League, mm-hmm. which is looks a long shot at this point. It's not there yet. Right. If one of those three do, and then Leicester or West Ham somehow win Europa, fourth place doesn't get a spot. Okay. Just want to throw that out there. The only way that so the third place honestly needs to be Arsenal's target. Fourth place might not be good enough. Yeah. So, anyways, all that being said, real quick, Brian, we briefly mentioned West Ham. Let's let's touch on them real quick. Scott wanted uh, me to mention it, and he's so spot on with this. Yarmolenko scores for West Ham. Yeah. And especially considering the world climate of what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, Yarmolenko being Ukrainian. And him scoring, the script writers, as Scott says, were at it again as Yarmolenko scores and is overwhelmed with emotion yeah. and is uh, can't control it on the pitch. It just was such an amazing story. And if Scott was here, he would absolutely uh, give this moment to Yarmolenko scoring his fantasy half point as yeah. uh, it was the best. Heck, uh, he might give it a full point. Oh, yeah, fair enough. His honorary yes, for sure. half point. Yeah. And uh, as it was probably one of the best moments of the weekend, with giving everything going on in the world. Playing at home, Jared Bowen unavailable, Mikhail Antonio Not MIA. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they get key goals, like Ben Rama, welcome back to 
you know, welcome back to wow. a great FPL performance. I almost forgot about that guy. He had a, it's his best performance in forever, his most minutes he's played in forever, which, you know, I think that's a Couldn't conse- have been at a better time. It's a consequence of, yeah, for sure, definitely a consequence of Bowen being out. But either way, Declan Rice was back for them, which was, you know, they cannot function. They, I mean, that's a, that is a Calvin Phillips and Leeds. That is, you know, the, a key cog. They don't have Declan Rice, and that's a different midfield. And you see how different it was oh, from yeah. two weeks ago to this week that they can hold out despite not having their most prolific attacker in the match and get a comeback win against a, a, a in-form, quality Aston Villa team. For sure. Agreed. So, yeah, and the fact that it was Yarmolenko that, that was instrumental on in that was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was fantastic. Uh, there's nobody from West Ham that you're thinking of putting in there. Well, West Ham's not playing in the match week 30. Oh yeah, they, yeah, that's right. Never mind. So yeah, yeah, forget that. So there's no hammers, Brian, available for match week thirty. So at this point, it's no not worth talking about them. We will have pod again and discuss things differently. I think at this point, let's talk about teams who are playing. Brian, I do want to transition to this uh, because it needs to be discussed. Mm-hmm. It's not effective, and it's not gonna. You don't need to worry about it for your match in match week. Uh, you don't need to worry about this for your fantasy team in match week 30. But Chelsea Football Club, most people probably know what's going on. They're owned by Roman Abramovich, uh, who is Russian and a good friend of Vladimir Putin. Again, if you don't know what's going on in the world, open up a newspaper, open up one news website, and you can see kind of what's going on. Chelsea Football Club, Brian's going to be in a weird spot, and this is going to be really interesting to see. Tuchel is, definitely seems to be the glue that's holding the team together at the moment, but there's going to be a lot of uncertainty, and things are fluctuating in a massive way at the moment Yeah, with the club uh, having a deadline to try to sail. Who's going to buy it? Now there's a new Saudi contingent that's trying to buy it, and there's it too similar to the Newcastle contingent who bought them along with are the players going to get paid? Are they going to even be able to sign a contract at the end of the season? Yeah. Uh, Chelsea has a tr- current transfer ban that will come into effect. Will that get lifted? Will it stay? There are so many questions. And if I'm a Chelsea fan, I am just like, what is going on? How is this legal? They're literally, the government is ruining the club. And, and I understand, okay, again, those are just questions I'm throwing out there that I've seen people ask. Yeah. I understand on some level what's going on. There's a part of me that is like, wait a minute now. Like, there's a lot of people who aren't Russian in (laughs) – most people aren't Russian in probably the Chelsea club and contingent. And because the owner is and he's trying to sell the club, it's like everyone else is getting punished because of that. It just seems interesting and weird. And I I don't know (laughs) – Look, I don't like Chelsea Football Club, and I haven't for a long time, mainly because I don't like Roman Abramovich. I think uh, it doesn't matter what I think, but I don't like him. And so my heart even is like in this situation, man, like I feel for the players. Yeah. I feel for Thomas Tuchel, who I think is a quality guy. Yeah. I feel for all the Chelsea uh, people who work at the stadium. I was going to say. They, like, they talk- they're not selling programs. They're not selling food. The shop is closed. Yeah, the fact that only, the only season ticket, only season holders, yeah, ticket only holders can season show ticket. up and, like, nothing else can go on. The whole thing just seems. Yeah, Petr Cech having to say, we hope that we'll be able to pay everyone. 
we we we're 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 hopeful that that can happen. They can't spend and for whatever weird and I don't understand all the laws and rules. They can't spend over twenty six thousand dollars to take their club to an away match. So yeah. the private plane is off the table. Like there's a bunch of weird stuff, and it's like these. Well, the, there's so much weirdness going on. How do the players? How does this not affect them on the pitch? Yeah, well, I was gonna say on one hand, even this the result that they got this week. I mean, a home a home match against a unascendant Newcastle. Uh, they, they still get the win. Yeah, getting a win is one yeah, getting a win is fantastic. Scott wanted to point out that Chalaba should have been called for a penalty on Murphy. Yeah, and and, and that didn't get called, and then it's got one of the, another one of Scott's points is Chelsea's feel good win shouldn't have happened. Uh, and then it also he wanted to make sure that it was a point. Like there's some fans there chanting support of Abramovich, and yeah, I understand Chelsea fans wanting to support the club. I don't understand Chelsea fans at this point supporting Roman. I know he did give you a bunch of championships, and it's been a fun run since he's been in there. So I do understand that a little bit, but have a little bit of depth and insight into what's going on in the world. Before you're chanting Romans. Yeah, everybody wants to chant everything at everybody. Um, yeah. This no, I agree with Scott, and I had it. I, you know, I wanted to say that for sure, just because something I felt like was such a theme this week was how form the form of certain players was a obvious and b might have bit you, and that was one of the guys like Chalaba's been great on fire. Yeah, when he's played for them, he's looked. Uh, you know, I you know, like we said, I think we said earlier in the season when he had a good run of matches. Oh yeah, he's playing beside. Like, wh- wh- why play- is he not playing more? Playing with right, playing saying. beside a bunch of you know the the olds. I mean, he looks like their most athletic. You know, one of his, their best. His centers. last three matches since he's finally got some starts here, ten nine, ten seven nine. Yeah, he gets you nine points this week for sure, but. I agree with Scott. I mean, that's exactly the way I would say it. Is they lucked into the clean sheet? I mean, it was. I mean, it couldn't have been more obvious. I, he had such a handful of Jacob Murphy's shirt. Yeah. Initially, I thought it was a penalty too. Then I couldn't tell if maybe if they did go back and review it that it was a that the foul started outside mm. the box. It kind of looked like that. Okay. Either way, uh, you know that's that, I mean, that's a, a questionable call, and you know for them to like. On the other side of it, on the attacking side, I mean, Kai Havertz continues to be completely on fire. As much as it's Tuchel, you know, definitely, you know, it's on the manager to hold everything together. He's using Havertz tape to to keep everything together, I think, a little bit, too. Like, I just, I feel like the guy's got four goals in his last three appearances. They get Chelsea, get Brentford out at Southampton and at Leeds after their blank game week. I mean that yeah. is like you can't ask for a, a better schedule at least for the next three matches for them. The tentative feeling about Reese James, which is we, I wish we could have talked more. I wish we could. That was not necessarily. Again, a we only need to dwell the, on it too long. We'll have right. another pod. Remember, this is just. We're, but just to say, like this is a team that's got like they've got one of their Reece James, one of their key Chalaba. players back. Who you know he's he goes right back to be injured again. Yeah, that hopefully tough. by the time they get back in game week thirty one. That they, you know, that they, we can, you know, look, you can look forward to having him. But either way, just to say, like, yeah, it was definitely not. I mean, it was a huge result for them, all things considered. Uh, but certainly, there was some, uh, there was some luck on their side this weekend. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. 
Brian, I want to discuss this before we, we finish up. I, I know that there's multiple other places we can go again. Oh, yeah. We're discussing the eight teams and the four matches that are happening in match week 30. Weird thing kind of happened today. A fun thing happened today, weird and fun. Fun meaning Crystal Palace drew City today. Yeah. So we're recording on a Monday after that game was played today. I talked to League Billy earlier in the week, and we were discussing. I, I was telling him I was sending DeBron out. Yeah. And I was probably going to bench Cancelo because I don't, for whatever reason, Palace seems to have City's number. They beat them earlier in the season at the Etihad. Right. This game's at Palace. So there's two ways you can look at it. You can look at it and, th- and say, oh, City is licking their chops. They've been, they've been marking this down. Right. There's, what, there's one way you can look at it. The other way, and the way I looked at it was, uh, Palace has got their number. Like, I don't know why. Sometimes, sometimes you just run up against teams that just have your number and you are not successful with them. And that is City and Palace this year. That Palace is City's nemesis. If they had to, Palace is the last person that they want to see, and they won't have to see him on their schedule the rest of the season again yeah. for whatever reason. Now, City played decent today. They they bossed possession. De, De Bruyne hit the post. Cancelo hit the yeah. post. Uh, Laporte had a sitter on a De Bruyne free uh, on a De Bruyne cross right in front of the goal that Laporte missed. Foden missed a sitter in front. Yeah. Bernardo missed a sitter on another De Bruyne cross. De Bruyne was like putting things on plates for guys, and, his, there and was, no one could convert. And there was no one more. Sergio Aguero yeah. was not on that pitch Yeah, today. there was no one more visibly frustrated, obvious, I mean, and he was, uh, other than the manager. But there than, was no one more fr- visibly frustrated than, than De Bruyne. Than he was, De Bruyne. He was li- yeah. I've never seen him that animated ag- against his t- own teammates yeah. other than today. Uh, on my free hit, my initial, I think we talked about it last week, De Bruyne was in my team. He was. He was a to me in that first draft of my team. I was like, he is on another level of of ability. He is back to his fit and firing best. Eighteen points in a single game week last time out, and I was like, and they get to, and I was thinking probably similar to what Billy was thinking. I I want him in this matchup. Yeah. If he can go eighteen last week, he can go eighteen again against Crystal Palace. And I ended up taking him out. I ended up swapping him out for, for you know, just yeah. to, just just thinking. I think it ended up being Sun that stayed in. Yeah, over him. Okay, just to be, and but it was for the purpose of being able to bring in Andy Robertson and have Lacazette in my team. Like basically, it was a way of like it was. I I just liked the look of the team better, and yeah. I the whole time today I was just thinking, I am so lucky. Mm. Anyone with De Bruyne in their team. I feel horrible for you, unless you're behind me, and then in that case, I'm thrilled <laughs> for the result. But no, I, it it absolutely should. He he could not have kicked it. He could only have kicked it a a, a centimeter better. All right, on his for sure. when he hit the post today. But De Bruyne's not going to be. I'm with you 100. percent De Bruyne's not playing in match week 30. I also want to cover this. Pep Guardiola grabs Guaida. The cameras grabbed it at the end of the game, yeah. And they were having a, a conversation. You don't normally see an opposing manager literally kind of arguing, questioning something that he has done or hasn't done on the pitch. We don't know exactly what they were discussing. 
Um, but Scott and I were both talking pre-pod. Like, that seems inappropriate. Now, I, I've i seen Pep also walk up to players yeah, uh, and also put his arm around them and congratulate them and tell them they've done a heck of a job or whatever. Like, you can tell it's a agreeable conversation that they're having. Yeah. He and Guaida were not having... Uh, a, it did not look like an agreeable and, conversation. And I wonder, they're both Spanish. Maybe that had something to do with it. There was a fellow kinsmanship there that let them kind of have a conversation. But yeah. here's the other thing, too. Like, <laughs> who am I to question Guardiola? But I have an opinion on it. Like, I don't think you should be doing that there. If you're going to do it, call him after the match. Like, why are you doing that there in front of everyone, yeah. in front of the TV cameras? It just seemed like the not proper spot to do it. Yeah. And uh, it's just my opinion. Uh, I think Scott sided with me as well. You might see that differently. But, you know, look, it's a, it's a free world. People can talk to who they want to. But have a little couth and figure out the proper time, in my yeah. opinion, when to discuss things with other players, when you clearly could contact them, you know, you, you could talk to them when you get underneath the stands in the hallway. Yeah. If you really want to talk to them. Yeah. I, w- I mean, everyone's seen it. Or if you want to go find it, it's easy to find. I mean, it. yeah, it starts cordial enough and turns animated. And I think there's, you know, Pep's official word was I was just congratulating him on a great match. I, I would just say, I, I mean, who knows where it went south or what Guaida said that might have set Pep off. Doesn't matter. I, I mean, I just feel like it's, yeah, I'm sure the, the pressure's building on everybody. So I would imagine the pressure is going to be this similarly building for Liverpool. So, I just, I can't, and, and I can't imagine it, it won't. And there's not, and, and I love, I mean, everyone loves to think that you're like, City was rolling a few weeks ago in a way that everyone said, this is done and dusted. And it's not now. No. And so, and I think Liverpool has had, like, they've gotten results uh, against teams that you're like, yeah, they should have gotten that. They they should do that. And this is, you know, it's not it's not over with. And this is a bad time for Liverpool to be without the best player in the world. Uh, and this uh, this yeah, this, but this uh, this upcoming in, match in but the most just, Liverpool thing they could have done, they went out and got this Luis Diaz, who's yeah. just lighting the Liverpool world on fire. And it's possible Salah could not play, and it doesn't even matter. It's true. It's insane. It's uh, it's definitely. I mean, they definitely have guys who can step in there. I just think for Manchester City purposes, though, I I, I didn't see it as like, I don't know. Maybe it could have been done differently, but. It just seems like a conversation that maybe genuinely did start with, hey, this and this and this. And then all of a sudden it's, hey, hang on a second. I need to gesture uh, frantically at you and really let you know (laughs) what I'm thinking. (laughs) You never know. For sure. Well, it is going to be interesting. I'm pumped for the Liverpool-Arsenal match on Wednesday. Uh, I hope to have the pod out before then. So we'll see. Uh, Scott and I discussed it. I asked him if he was concerned. He said yes. Uh, I think anyone should be concerned playing Arsenal in the form that they're in. He goes, but I feel like we're in a decent place as well. And he's not wrong. He's absolutely right. For sure. Uh, And I think they will be energized knowing that they can go get – this is their game in hand. So this is their chance to make it – to literally be one point behind City. And then they're going to – they still have one match to play head-to-head, I think. Yeah. They do. It's in two. It's in uh, game week thirty-two. So that being said, like this is really fun, 
right? Oh this is goodness. this is what anyone neutral wants to see. As an Arsenal fan, Arsenal have a chance now to to go after third. And again, I think they need to they need to do that. Fourth is not good enough. They need to go after third. They got uh Three games in hand on United. They're one point ahead of United. United is in fifth place. They're three points ahead of West Ham in sixth place with three games in hand on them. Yeah. They Look, if Arsenal can get a point right here, massive point. I would love it. If Arsenal walk away from this match and they get one point, great. If they somehow get three, that'll be a miracle. I doubt that's going to happen. Liverpool's yeah. a fantastic team. And they, in big games, this is the, the thing I, would, uh, I think I would want to give Liverpool the most credit for is in big games, they always show up. And I think that's attributed to Jordan Henderson, to um, to Virgil. Uh, these are guys that will everyone else on their team to show up in big moments. And that's what's so frustrating when you're playing against them is Liverpool won't fold in a big match. They're always going to give you their A game. And yeah. so you're going to have to beat them on their A game. Arsenal's at home. you got a bunch of young, young kids. Arsenal's got to show up. Yeah, and I, I think for sure, I mean, uh, Liverpool Echo reporting again uh, today that Mo Salah wasn't in training. Uh, seems unlikely that he'll feature against Arsenal just as a, this isn't just a, oh, he got hurt in that last match and he might not, and he's got an orange triangle on him or something, but it's a legit, like, a, you know, this is this is training reports that are, that are driving this. Also, just say, they don't play again in the league until April 2nd. They have Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup this Sunday. I mean, this is kind of the ideal time for you want to give you want to give Mo Salah another sit down. I mean, here's here's your chance. Like you're you I don't know why I mean, you know, you got that initial report from Klopp after the match saying Mo Mo says he's fine. Mo doesn't think it's a big deal. But then he has to go get checked. And so now it's a foot issue. And so now all of a sudden it's, hey, like as usual, these things, once we get the swelling down, once this thing settles down, we'll get to see a clearer picture. So who knows? I mean, this is still, I mean, it might not be good for Mo Salah. Right. You mean no idea. For sure. However, just to say, like to your point, Firmino is healthy. Luis Diaz has been outstanding. Sadio Mane is still there. I, I that was my other consideration on the double game week was to put Mane in. Mm-hmm. I would feel great, I think, right now, if I had had Mane in there, knowing that Salah's gone, because no one steps up bigger in those games when Salah's gone than Sadio Mane. For sure, agree with you so completely. This is the, you know if he has a game against Arsenal, I wouldn't be surprised. By Give me your best, your best advice to anyone free hitting, other than the what I already threw out there. But I feel like again. The guys I threw out there, it, they're not exactly the ones that yeah. someone else might go with, but, man, it's probably pretty close, I, I right? just think this, because of the limited number of, of games, and you look at it and you just say, like you said, why are you convinced that much by Leicester playing at home to Brentford? Attacking-wise, okay. The, you know, you're fine with a couple of those guys. Are you really convinced? You're gonna you running out to get James Justin? You're going to throw one of the defenders out there? Only if you have to. I'm starting Daniel Amarty this week because I have to. Not because I not because if I was picking anyone, he would be a first choice guy. But I'm saying like this week I, I I would think the first thing would be prioritize whoever is attacking. I would pick I would want to make sure I was playing you know, whether you want to play five midfielders or four midfielders or whatever, however you want to do it. If it's if it's a 
you know, if it's a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3, I would not want to play more than three defenders this week. That's that's me. I just, there, there's nothing about the, there's nothing, I mean, Leeds are inspired right now. Like, they just, they finally get a win. And they're playing against the Wolves team that we were just saying a week ago, like, are they at the beach? They don't, they're pretty safe. They got a result in the last two matches against the two worst, two of the worst teams in the league. So, yeah, like, or is it, you know, if you're, if you're bringing Wolves in, great. I mean, I, I, they, it feels very obvious, but the last two matches, they went 4-0 and 1-0 against Watford and Everton. Like, they, you would hope that they win their matches against Watford and Everton, just given their place in the table and the way that the form that they've been in this season. Now, them playing against this spirited Leeds team, I don't know. I think you like that. I think you would. Wolves can't score a ton, they don't concede a ton. Leeds can't seem to stop conceding, but their attack has been really unlucky. I mean, they, like they should have gotten way more. Rafinha, chief among those players. Okay. So I just think this is a this is the kind of week where I don't know what defender you like. I think you, if you, if you really you wanted know who to go, I didn't mention is Jimenez. Why yeah. why wouldn't I look at starting Jimenez instead of like Tony in my in well, my free hit squad? Right. So I like, don't mind. I, I mean, that's the thing with Tony. I think because what Jimenez you're, is you're playing. Thinking, you're thinking behind Tony is completely legit. I don't know. I don't know why you like wouldn't just, look at that and well, say, so "Yeah, it, why not him?" It's, it's Lacazette, Kane, and Tony. Yeah, feels pretty good. Although Jimenez is going against right. Leeds, like the, the, at maybe home that should be mentioned. That should be mentioned. Yeah, and Huang went off injured yeah. in the match uh, this week, mm-hmm. so that's another. I mean, Jimenez. I think there was some doubt because he got benched, and the question was whether or not that was whether that was tactical or whether that was sending a message, whether it was like, hey, a subpar performance, you kind of dropped off, whether, you know, blame whatever you want for Jimenez, but he was not getting out there. And he comes back this week, and, of course, he scores, you know, scores a goal. Uh, a, a, not a great hit, but he, you know, or scored a goal against, against, against Watford. Watford. Yeah. So at Everton, you know, it's like I, th- I just think – you know, he was okay, but nobody did much. I mean, the fact that Connor Cody is your only, is your goal scorer in that match kind of says everything you yeah. need to know about it. I agree. But even in that match, I mean, Richarlison's a he's puts a header on the post. I mean, that was another one where Wolves come away with a clean sheet there, even against the worst team in the league right now, and they could have scored. I mean, it really it was legit. And then the and then to end the match the way they did, Everton getting you know it was. Who got the red card for them? Uh, John Joe Kenny get, ends up red carded for Everton. Like, so there's like they're just oh, there. I mean, there's every hurdle for them to overcome. It's I, I just what I'm saying is uh, Wolves managed a goal against a team that's like yes, they're desperate, but they're like a shambles right now. So I, that's why I'm saying Leeds is not a shambles, despite everything that's happened to them. They are fighting. They are. They have talent. Like, they definitely have the capable players to do it. Is this going to be – is this leaky leads with the new manager? Like, are, are they playing defense any better? I mean, Calvin Phillips isn't stepping on that pitch. They're a different team when he's out there. But he's 
he's getting closer. But they're, I, I think they have tightened up a little bit at the back because they're not playing the Bielsa style. They're they're that form has changed a little. Yeah, bit. they're definitely. I mean, they definitely have to tighten up. But also, I mean, Patrick Bamford has played now two matches in a row. He's got to get up to speed. But that is that is a huge help. Bamford as a Bamford as a forward player is ten thousand times better than whatever Daniel James is. Is offering Bamford going to play in this match? Yes, for sure. He's played the last two. He came off the bench. I think he had like eighteen minutes or something like that. Twenty minutes or something two matches ago. Maybe he played half. Did he play half this match? He played. Yeah, he did. He came on. He came on at half. He he's starting the next game. I would imagine he came he on for thirty minutes against Villa. Yeah, there you and go. And then he played forty-five minutes against North. I would guess they want that yeah. is the natural progression is him starting the next. And they match. want to get him to sixty, and then he can get out there. That's Man, what I'm saying. He's, so, a, he's a difference maker for them. The second thing I was going to say is, if you are going to free hit this week, this might be the time where there's going to be a there's going to be like a six player guarantee. Like you are gonna have to have three gunners, three, three spurs, yes, three spurs, three three Arsenal for sure. Everyone is gonna go, or I think Rafinha's assist is gonna have. Like I, I can't imagine you're selling him if you have him now. I actually don't have Rafinha. It, well, so I was That's, committing right. to a. So if I have Rafinha, and I also have Wolves defense. If I'm picking and choosing, right. I'm choosing one direction. I might end up choosing wrong, but if right, but that makes sense. I'm wasting a spot if I'm going to commit the Wolves' defense. Sure. Then I don't play Rafinha right. and I don't play Bamford. Right. So this is where, yeah, like, my, and even like looking at Leicester playing at home, you love that. You, it's. I think a few weeks ago, I think everyone had in their mind a way of getting Vardy in, whether it was to free hit or to make a. a a permanent transfer to have Vardy. So Vardy's re-injury is like, it's like a, just a horrible, horrible timing for it. Kane and Spurs, you know, on their yo-yo coming back home to play against West Ham. That's a huge game. That's a, I mean, that's a huge game for Spurs. It's yeah. a huge game for West Ham. West Ham always managed to, to nick them. Antonio always manages to be the guy who does it. So, Spurs have a Spurs have a chance to kind of, you know, come back up again. Yeah. So I would again, like this is where defensively, do you trust West Ham? I I don't. I I just I feel like they're I agree. There there's nothing about them. Yeah. If you wanted to go to Craig Dawson, you wanted to go to Kurt Zuma or whatever, you want to take Cresswell who's like the most reliable defender in the game, sure. I guess throw him out there. But I would want to prioritize whatever the attackers are. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I got to figure out. Uh, I'm at this point. I am captaining Kane. If it's worth saying at this point, I'm probably captaining Kane. Um, he always seems to show up in big games, and he is uh, arguably the hottest person on form right now in the league. So, um, yeah, not having Kane, I think the plan needs to be. Definitely for me, I don't I don't have him, and I don't have an easy way of getting him. Mm. Um, I am not like looking ahead, like after this week. Like I have so many triangles. I don't know how it looks for you, but like now the Reese James pick doesn't really help. Yeah, but that was I knew. I mean, already that was yeah. planned. Yeah, you know, assuming that wasn't going to happen. Dean getting injured is not helpful no. to anybody. Uh, Salah's injury wasn't going to hurt in game week 30 anyway, but he's a triangle. Would you even remotely consider selling him? 
It, possibly. Would it be a you have to have the exact money knowing to you're going to have to get him back? So you're just going to have to watch that, depending on how bad you want him back. If he misses a couple weeks, I don't love guys, even if even if as great as they are, coming back right off injuries. If so, there, if there's a report ahead of the Arsenal game that he's had a scan, so I know, and, I know, and he's, he, out, I know and he's out for a month. He did not train today, right? So that's Tuesday tomorrow, right? And it's you know, and then when the match is Wednesday, yeah, yes, the match is Wednesday. So it's not great, yeah. So, but you're right. We'll find out soon enough, and um, and we'll we'll go with that. Brian, you got anything else? No, we, we've covered eight teams. Four matches and this free hit. <laughs> this is not free hit 30. This is match week 30 that I'm using my free hit. You are probably not. You can't, actually. You're in a pickle. Right. Cannot. So, look, there's decisions to be made. I hope we gave you enough information to make smart decisions and strategy going into this match week. That's what we're here for. That's what we try to do, and we try to make it interesting. Can I give you one thing on on I would love it, Tony? I would love it. Nothing more than you to tell me <laughs> Tony has five goals in the last two match weeks. Tell me something about Tony. I, no, just that, like, I get it. This might be a form thing that you can't avoid, but he's he's doing my favorite thing in the entire. Super, super overachieving. Uh, Doing my favorite thing in the in the league, where he has six or he has five goals on six six shots. Oh, it's just not sustainable, right? I mean, look, my gut. So uh, when I look at it on paper, and we we need to end this, and and no one cares about my team, but I do feel like the more I talk about it, Jimenez over Tony for me, going against Leeds seems like the play. Yeah, uh, the it's I look, and I don't want to drag on XG or whatever, but. Yes, he's got five goals. He's got a ton of penalties. His non-penalty XG is less than one. Yeah. It's .92. Yeah. I get it. He can get it. How fast did you want him out of your team earlier this season? If Christian Eriksen really is the difference, unlocking like spaces and being able to deliver inch-perfect passes to him like he did this week... For him to get headed goals, fine. Like that, Erickson definitely does make a big difference. I, I just, I just don't think. But the other part of this is, he scored two more goals this week, and he plays this week against a against a shabby defensive Leicester Leicester team. There's nothing like the stats. I mean, no, it's not going to stop anyone from bringing him in. Is I guess what I'm saying. I just would like to point out five goals on six shots. I I don't know like when when stuff like that happens it just is yeah so this and yet again it's a guy who's this is Brentford being back in the league for however how since however long there is no precedent for this you have no idea all you know is that Tony had an amazing year in the championship last year and was way underachieving I think compared to what the expectations were for him coming into the league. I'm not saying you. I I still think he's. A, I still think he's a a valid choice, just given the options at forward. But yeah, I totally I totally understand the dilemma. You know, given the difference, the choice between proven assets, Kane, Lacazette, Raul Jimenez, home to Leeds, or Tony playing Leicester. There's yeah, I get it. There's definitely a decision there. Crazy. Just wanted to throw this stat out. There. Appreciate that. Awesome, Brian. We're gonna shut this thing down. Yeah. 
We have covered, I think, about everything we could. I was going to bring up the FPL America podcast mini league. I'm not going to do it just because we're in the middle of a match week. Uh, the top looks similar. I am interested, and we'll discuss next pod. Uh, league Anthony, who's in first place at the moment, who is absolutely just crushing with an overall rank of 11,000-ish. Uh, he wildcarded, and I'm shocked with his wildcard. Mm-hmm. He fully committed to some things that I am absolutely shocked with. He's doing okay this week. He's currently sitting on a 66. He still has plenty of guys to play, but I it feels like he committed way too hard to this week, and I know it's getting close to the end of the season, but uh, I'm fascinated by it. Uh, he's in second is uh, League Michael, Nirvana State, and they can, he continues to crush as well. Again, those guys always seem to be at top of the league. Brian, you've been crushing recently. Uh, may the wind fall out of your sails as you have blown past me. <laughs> Uh, over the last few weeks and you, as you have actually been completely demolishing anyone that's been in front of you. League Diane is nervous. She's already been in Slack being like, hey, is Brian free hitting? And I said, no, he actually can't. That's actually giving her some strategy as she's like, okay, well, I might not use mine then. So that's, yeah. that's uh, you know, again, in our Slack channel, Slack, sponsor us. Hey, for the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.